0: Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's
1: Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we are so excited to have a member of the 2022 Extraordinary Educator class. Welcome Regina Hewlett Norman. Regina is a fourth grade ELA teacher at Liberty Point Elementary in Georgia. So Regina, thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to talk to you today if you just want to introduce yourself to the listeners, uh, maybe where you are, where you're from, how long you've been teaching, anything that you think they might find of interest
2: happy wednesday everyone i am regina hewlett norman uh, this is my 15th year in the classroom my fifth year here at liberty point elementary school um, in fulton county a part of the atlanta metro area um, i have taught previously in virginia in both henrico county and fairfax county public schools um out throughout my 15 years, I've taught everything from kindergarten through fourth grade. Um, So I would say the longer you teach, the more fun it turns out to be. You're still learning and growing as the kiddos are learning and growing.
0: That is amazing. Uh, So how are you? How has your year been going? How are students in the building? Like, just describe a little bit of your current state of your classroom.
2: We are in the thick of it. Um, I would say that We are really working hard each day to keep each other going, um, not just on the academics, but emotionally too. Um, COVID has proved that the educational system has to be evolving. It, it does not stay constant. Um, the things that we did prior to COVID may work. However, we still have to be open to reaching the kiddos in a different way. Um, you know, there was not a big transition time when school systems first started dealing with COVID in March of 2020. And even going into the 21-22 school year, You know, we're still facing some of those same challenges where students may have lack of access to devices or, you know, when students are at home trying to learn virtually, their parents are working from home too, trying to work to still provide for the children as well as support their students with Instruction. So sometimes that poses um, a great challenge to the students' academic success. And then once we get them back in the building, you know, we're trying our best to social distance with 20 to 25 plus students in a classroom, as well as trying to keep each other healthy by, you know, wearing our mask and Still make it an engaging and uh, welcoming environment. So I would say that we're really, really in the thick of it and, you know, trying to find those moments where we can just celebrate and and have a good time. So, you know, during the Christmas season, we played a lot of Christmas music and you could find the children singing along or dancing along at their seats and, you know, things like that, that it was nice to see them smile and laugh and be happy considering um, what's happening in the outside world due to COVID. That's
0: amazing. We are talking to educators all the time and you are not alone. It is, I like how you said the educational landscape is changing. So in your opinion, what are some things that you're doing or or what are some successes you're seeing that are a little bit more outside the box, creative to connect with kids?
2: I would say the use of technology, Um, When we think about how we may have approached education prior, uh, especially as senior um, educators or seasoned educators, we may have still used, you know, workbooks and paper and pencil tasks. But now you're seeing you've got to be able to use technology. Um, The students are so familiar with everything when it comes to iphones and android phones and and computers so that's a great tool that we're able to really reach them and pull those devices in academically because you know, as I said, sometimes students not having access to devices of their own can pose a challenge, but if they've got their cell phone or iPad and they're able to access the meeting um, on Teams or Zoom, you know, it's, you're able to suck them in and get them engaged and keep them going with the learning process. Um, But that, to me, I see that as one of the biggest hurdles that those in education who may not be technologically savvy really have to spend some time um, getting familiar with technology to help their students.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of teachers are hopefully finding, you know, different or new ways to use tech and seeing their kids engaging with it, um, you know, either on their own device or school bar devices or whatnot. Um, That's so great to hear. I want to go back to something you said before, too, about just finding those moments to celebrate. I'm curious now that you're back in school, even with the safety measures, excuse me, that you have to follow. What are some of the things that you're doing to kind of boost that engagement and morale, especially now during the kind of like the doldrums of the year back from winter break? Like, how are you either celebrating success or what are some of the things that you're doing in your classroom to Um, to kind of capture that.
2: Uh, We're still, you know, providing incentives. Um, Our school is a PBIS school. So we have um, dojo points. We use class dojo in regards to classroom management and behavior. So the students are able to receive points, you know, for positive behavior and interaction. And then we have celebrations within our class, Um, specifically for us with iReady. We've award the students for lessons passed and lessons completed, which gives them a little bit of extrinsic motivation um, with working on their progress and, you know, still celebrating like last week, for instance, was my birthday and the kids knew and everyone was, Ms. Norman, can we sing happy birthday? And I was like, yeah, can we finish our lesson first? You know, but they were really excited to you know, celebrate each other in that way. So providing them those incentives or, you know, as much as we can't physically touch, you know, being able to say, Oh, air hug. Oh, I love you. You know, even today when I told them, um, I love you, but not that much. And one of them yelled across the room, excuse me, (laughs) like you don't love us. Um, so them, you know, hearing those words of, um, affirmation and, and having those extrinsic motivation opportunities, I think is helping us to stay up as one of our principals used to say.
1: I love it. That's so great. Even just the small things, what you say to students or the air hug, it's like just figuring out a different way to make that cultivate that same feeling.
0: Yeah. So we want to know from you, um, being more, a more seasoned educator, what, what advice would you give to our listeners of how to take care of yourself, how to make sure you stay sane, um, any advice as we are this doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. So this is kind of the change landscape, as we said. So how would you share that with Work, educators?
2: life balance. Um, I would say before I had my son, my, first, my oldest son in 2018, I was one of the first teachers in the building every morning, usually arriving with the custodial staff and one of the teachers in the building last. Um, and that forced me to make work a priority because of course we want our students to be ex- successful, you know, but we have to have that work-life balance. There has to be a cutoff. Um, and I feel like if we've learned anything from COVID, is we've got to take care of ourselves. Um, not just our physical bodies, but our mental bodies. There has to be some time away from school. Let them miss you a little bit. You know, even if you're not necessarily sick, don't quote me. Take a mental health day. It's okay. You've got the sick time, you know, because you can't give all of yourself to one thing, and then you have nothing left for yourself or anyone else. Um, You know, you've got to find those moments in the day where you just disconnect. You know, yes, this may be due tomorrow. Let me come back to it in 30 minutes. Let me come back to it an hour. You know, when you go home on the weekend, my philosophy, if it's not done before I leave the building on Friday, it will see me on Monday. When I go home in the afternoon, you know, I take my device, you know, for COVID reasons in case something should happen and we, you know, turn to virtual learning, I have it. But when I go home, that's family time. You know, family is important, that time for me to connect with my husband and my sons, that time to, you know, just focus on me and relax because, like I said, it's easy for us to get burnt out. And unfortunately, sometimes we can feel like it's not about us and and we're not cared for in regards to our health and sometimes unfortunately it happens with the parents too you know they forget that we are human we are someone's wife we are someone's husband we are someone's parent you know we are someone's daughter or son you know and you know they're just in the mindset of making sure their child has what they need but our parents and family want to make sure we have what we need to. So you've got to establish that routine for uh, life worth balance, because if you don't, your body will shut you down. Your body will tell you it's time. And and we don't want that to happen.
1: So, so true. And we couldn't have said it better ourselves. We've talked a lot about self-care on the podcast in just different ways, but just to hear it from you completely unsolicited, what's your advice? And for you to say that it's just it, it just couldn't be more true, right? You have to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. And I love the the tangible uh, kind of best practices that other folks can replicate, you know, taking your device home, of course, in case you need it, but turning it off or what doesn't get finished on Friday happens on Monday and just really holding that you time or family time or whatever it is sacred. So that way you come to school rested as much as rested you could be <laughs> after taking care of your little ones, <laughs> um, you know, ready to dive in on Monday. So, Thank you so much, Regina, for all you do every day and for being here with us today. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have left for today, but we love chatting with you. And thanks again.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Thank
1: you so much for listening. You can follow along, as always, on Twitter at Curriculum Association and on Instagram at my iReady. And be sure to tag us in your post so we can see the work you do. If you have feedback about the podcast, it's a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at com. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We are here for you.
0: So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.